The ill-fated attempt by Nelson colonists to confront Te Raupraha and his warriors in 1843, a fatal dispute now known as the Wairoa Fray, is being portrayed in a new stage play. Justin Eid has consulted with Ngāti Rangatira Iwi during the two years he's been researching and writing the script. He says it's a hugely important event in Aotearoa's early colonial history, the first major armed clash between Māori and Pākehā over land in New Zealand. At the same time, Justin's just finished a low-budget, post-apocalyptic action thriller feature film called North Spur. We started by talking about his new play, The Wairoa Fray. Here's a clip from it. We're about to have a parley with some Nate tour chiefs. I trust you're on tip-top form today, able to convey every nuance, every angle, every ounce of meaning with our native guests. Unlike that unholy fiasco at Waitangi. Some of the misunderstandings around the treaty were unfortunate. The treaty itself was unfortunate. You see, you buy land off the natives, you do not make a treaty with them. It leads to trouble and confusion. The British government, inefficient, Craven, cowering. Uh, we're a private company and we'll do this with plain talking and, if necessary, other measures. Yes. You see, I've been doing some research and it seems there might be some validity to the Nati Tor chief's claims that they didn't sell the wire Well, that's why we're having this little chat, isn't it? As far as I'm concerned, it's an open and shut case. You see, four years ago, in 1839, my brother William and nephew Edward Jerningham went to Kapiti Island well before this treaty and concluded a deal with this Tebupiha. Teropraha. Quite. Justin, what got you thinking about the Waro Afray from the perspective of being a playwright and a, and a producer? Yeah, I've always been interested in history and I've always known about this story. And um, I guess when I was at school, I kind of got the... Um, Pākehā version of history, and it was all about how the New Zealand Company, which um, founded Wellington and Nelson, were jolly fine fellows, and they were um, trying to create an egalitarian society. But as I sort of got older and read into things a bit more myself about history, I, uh, I looked at that incident and thought, no, I don't, th- I don't think they behaved all that well. And there were some pretty strong characters in the story too, with um, Captain Arthur Wakefield and police magistrate Thompson, and then on the Māori side, Te Raupraha and Te Rangihata. So um, strong characters, strong drama, and just just trying to um, maybe write something that represented a little bit more truthfully the story being told, because it often hasn't been in the past. So, What was that popular yet inaccurate kind of version of events? Who, who were the, the bad guys and who were the good guys? Yeah, I think for a lot of time the myth was sort of perpetuated that it was Māori's fault and it was called the Wairo Massacre, which isn't quite the case. It wasn't It wasn't that. And then it was changed to the Wairo Incident and now it's the Wairo Afray. But when you look into it, there, there's a lot of controversy around who actually fired the first shot and, and made the whole thing kick off. But in a way, it doesn't really matter because in my looking into it, the Pākehā had run through so many red flags on the way to that point that by the time they turned up in the Wairo, um, something was bound to kick off and just, just their ignorance of Māori custom and and um, mana. And, and it was just a perfect storm, a powder keg situation. So that was my reading of it anyway. And, and this is just one interpretation of it. I mean, anybody else is free to do another story of it, but um, this was just my interpretation of events. Well, you've taken 
time and care by my reading to work on the script. You've done stage readings, you've had Q&As and a lot of consultation with local iwi. Yes, that's right. We did a series of stage readings and Q&As about two years ago. And even before that, I had checked out with um, Maori historians and so forth. And is this a topic we want to do or should not do? Our, our intention is not to um, open up any division or argument, because often there has been a bit of division and argument around this topic. A lot of it sort of fairly ignorant from the Pākehā side too. But the feedback that came to me was, no, it's something that needs to be talked about and perhaps it's it's time to put something out there. And so I, I liaised with Ngāti Toa, who are the primary iwi involved. There's other iwi involved too. Um, there's eight iwi here in the top of the south, but Ngāti Toa um, are very intertwined with the story. They know it very well and it had massive repercussions for them and even to this day. So, yes, I've been consulting with them for the last two, three years, um, going over to Blenheim quite often. Uh, over to the Wairo to talk to to people and just get the oral stories as well as what's written down in the books because it's all not written down in the books, I found out. It's often told orally and, and you can fill in some of the details through through stories. So, yeah, I've, I've tried to consult as best as I can, but inevitably it won't please everybody, but I guess no story does. So There were deaths on both sides, of course. Have you also consulted... Uh, descendants from the Pākehā involved in the affray? I've heard from various people that their, their ancestors were there, and but I haven't haven't managed to make contact with them yet. But most of the um, most of the people that went, there were about forty nine townsfolk that were pressed into service, were were there fairly reluctantly anyway, um, and, and none of the blame sort of rests on them for what happened. It was more the two leaders, Wakefield and Thompson, who precipitated the whole thing. So it was it was tragic all round for everyone, for Pakiha and Māori, and the town of Nelson was dealt quite a big blow early on in its history. So, but it has had a profound effect on Ngāti Toa as well. It's an ambitious story to to try to portray on stage. Really, as you mentioned, there was what it's forty nine fifty Pakiha. There you had also the the iwi. I'm assuming you're not cramming you know that number of of actors onto the stage. No. So how are you choosing to tell the story? Where where do you start and where do you finish? Yeah, uh, yeah uh, because it sort of originated in Nelson um, Heritage Month, the story, and because I'm Pākehā, I didn't want to sort of jump over to the other side and try and appropriate someone else's story and try and tell from the Māori side. So I've sort of gone with um, Wakefield and Thompson, um, the founders of Nelson, and told it through their eyes and through, and they were fairly ignorant and a little bit arrogant about Māori customs and so forth and and land holdings. And so I've got in there a translator, a young fellow, Abbott, who is, is more enlightened and kind of represents a, the Maori point of view, if you like. And he's married to a Maori young young wife, Pirihira, who also um, represents that point of view and um, carries the Maori side of the story. We do have Taropraha and Tarangihata speaking, but um, in my consultations, it, it was thought that it was better not to at this stage, do a literal representation of them on stage, but I have represented their words quite a lot and, and their intent, so hopefully that comes across quite strongly. You have, I think, members of uh, Ngāti Toa Iwi coming to the opening night. That's going to be, even with all the consultation, Justin, I imagine, a big night for you. Yeah, I'm really hoping that they will 
enjoy the play. And it's been pointed out to me that not all Ngāti Toa, especially in Whakatū Nelson, know the story. Um, so I'm hoping that perhaps some will, will learn something um, about their history. And But yeah, I, I'm really hoping that um, it does a service to them because that's that's been my intention all along, not to create division, but to create a little bit of perhaps healing or, or understanding. So um, yeah, for me, it won't be too much of a success unless Ngāti Toa are happy with it. Yeah, I, I hope that Pākehā will get something out of it as well. And, and from the feedback we've had from our Q&As, I think, you know, a lot of Pākehā came up afterwards and said thank you for for kind of pulling the Band-Aid off and showing <laughs> showing the history as it was kind of thing. And uh, we need to know about this stuff. So, yeah, I'm just hoping for a little bit of peace and understanding, I guess. <laughs> what, what have been the repercussions of that event for the region? Uh, well, for the Wairo, um, for Ngāti Toa, they, they had to withdraw for a time to Kapiti and to Wellington, Porirua, and um, Te Raupraha was actually kidnapped pretty much on trumped-up charges a few years later and put in jail by Governor Gray, And um, but it's suspected it was over the Wairo affray. And um, they ransomed him out of jail by almost giving all of their land to the Crown, so that had a profound effect on them, and it's still a huge... Um, hurt or mamai to this day as I found out and that's kind of the theme of the play is, is hurt or mamai grief loss but having to move on and having to make uh, make something of life so just think about the timing of this Justin too really with the changes being made to the New Zealand history curriculum you mentioned before this is not the the history that you learned at school it's not the history certainly that I learned at school you know many years before you so I guess you're hoping that this is going to be part of this more enlightened and broader conversation about the history of Aotearoa. Yeah, it does seem that there's a kind of a, um, a sea change at the moment on, on that and more education around um, our colonial history in a more incisive way or more truthful way. So, yeah, I, I guess the timing is, is somewhat right. And um, I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I'm shedding any great light. Um, it, it's all there for people to read if they want to read it. But this is just my interpretation. And I guess just kind of saying that our colonial history is littered with ignorance and arrogance, um, which is a dangerous combination. And um, here's what happens when it goes truly wrong. And, and let's try and do things a little bit better, I guess, and, and try and honour the treaty. Because the New Zealand company really weren't interested in the treaty and they just... Um, ran roughshod over it and, and swept it aside. So that was, um, some would say, it, it came full circle on them in this incident. So, um, yeah, that's where I'm sort of going with it, is can we honour the treaty a little bit more? If we sign this agreement, we should be honouring it. You could, of course, because one of your other hats is as a filmmaker, you could have made this as a, a film or a short film. Why have you chosen to put this on stage? I have been talking to um, filmmakers about making something about it, but I think it, it needs to be done with a Ngāti Toa person, um, myself working with, with them. I've always been really interested in Māori history and particularly their history. So, um, But there, there is talk of maybe doing something um, with, with films uh, in the near future, but I just have to find the right allies and make sure that everyone's happy with it. Well, you've been pretty busy actually working on a feature film as it happens unrelated to this called North Spur. I've seen the trailer. There's a lot of firearm action in this film. Yeah. How can you describe it? 
Yeah, we have just completed a feature film here in the top of the south called North Spur, and it's an action genre film because we wanted to make something that um, we could sell in the, in the global marketplace. Um, it's a kind of a post-apocalyptic film about um, when there's been an EMP attack, electromagnetic pulse. So all that electricity's gone out, and New Zealand's kind of gone a little bit feral. And it's about this peace-loving couple uh, who've so far avoided all the carnage, but they get forced into the middle of it and. What do you do? How far are you willing to go to protect your patch and protect your, your family and um, just, just putting them in that situation and seeing what happens to them? As is so often the way with our films that the landscape is also a character and it looks pretty wild. Where did you film? Yeah, mostly in Marlborough um, in Picton, in a valley up behind Picton and also up the Waihopai Valley, quite close to the spy base. So hopefully they weren't monitoring us. But um, yeah, around Marlborough, just using the beautiful locations, the Wairo River and some in Nelson on the Whangamaa Saddle, very, very beautiful locations there. So we're just trying to um, showcase the top of the south and, and turn it more into a destination, I guess, for, for making feature films. Um, we think we've got incredible scenery and it's just about hiring the right actors and getting the right script. And, you know, we've got a lot of talent down here, so we think we can um, keep churning out feature films. Just a need, the Wairo Afray has its world premiere in the Wairo on the 24th of June at the ASB Theatre Marlborough before heading to Whakatū Nelson in early July.